You're in tune to Palarraza Podcast, and this is your host, Chuy Juarez. Welcome back, everybody. I uh, want to start off by, you know, this is the first episode of the podcast here in continuation to the up-and-coming ones. And first and foremost, I want to be able to check in with myself. So I'm going to be doing what's going to be called or most of y'all may have already heard of a rose and a thorn. And so what symbolizes is the rose symbolizes like something good that has happened in your life lately, you know. And the thorn obviously is something not so good or something that you're concerned about. And so I want to start off by saying that a rose for me has been that, you know, I'm alive today. My family's doing good. You know, I'm I was sick for the past few weeks, but I'm getting better now. You know, we're healthy. We're staying up with ourselves and we're doing the best we can for our bodies. Right. To just be able to maintain ourselves and continue this this fight with each other that we have on a daily basis. Right. And so a thorn for me would be that. I, you know, would like to check in with my family a little more uh, right now. The circumstances are kind of tough uh, just because, you know, there's certain disagreements within families. But, you know, eventually we're going to work through this and, you know, put all uh, the bad stuff aside and, you know, shake hands, give hugs, you know, and hopefully everything will be all right. And so, for the first episode, I want to talk about, you know, myself, uh, where I come from, and that's why the episode is called uh, De Donde Vengo, right? Which, again, translates to, uh, where do I come from? And so, I come from two beautiful Mexican parents from the state of Guanajuato, Mexico, where I was born. I uh, migrated to the United States when I was only two years old and my parents decided to make the journey as well. Uh, you know, my parents, you know, they crossed the border. I crossed through the through the gate, but it was mostly because of luck, you know? And I'm not gonna really go into a lot of detail on that, but I come from an undocumented family. I'm undocumented myself. I'm an undocumented student. I'm a first-generation college student uh, trying to get out here for my community, trying to get out here for my family and make my family proud of who I, of what I'm doing. I'm obtaining, you know, a major in Chicano Latino Studies. And, you know, the road for me hasn't really always been easy. You know, I had a, I had a, a lot of bumps and and bruises along the way. And I became, you know, I was once the kid that didn't really talk, you know, sat in the back of the class, wasn't like whenever the teacher would call on me, I would get embarrassed or shy, you know, I wouldn't want to answer. And that led to a lot of like, uh, you know, a lot of uh, me taking the, the wrong path. And so I went from this kid that cared a lot about other people and cared about what other people had to say. And put people first, you know, to, for once in my life, putting myself first. But 
for a lot of the wrong reasons and it wasn't even in the right way either right and so I remember at the young age of uh, 14 13 14 15 year old you know straight out of eighth grade heading to high school as a freshman when I was in eighth grade I started picking up the you know the vibe from the people that I would hang around with that were you know what they called gang affiliated and so I remember you know dressing like that you know having pride in what I wore having pride in what I said and what I did and how I did it and I was the type of person that uh, a lot of people just saw like shut down from one day to another because I was the kid that cared about everything like literally everything and I went from the from that kid that cared a lot to the kid that you know was hanging out with these homies that in the end like said and all said and done you know they weren't really there for me when I needed them the most and you know us brown youth and black youth are kind of like it's like a natural habitat, sort of, you know? Like, we're, we grow up in these neighborhoods where they're influenced by a lot of, you know, raza, but, you know, not a lot of people take it the right way. And so we start hanging out with these kids and these guys, and we think they're, like, our motivation to, you know, get out there, and we're hustling on the streets and this and that. And so what ended up happening to me was that I would hang out with the guys that were in my neighborhood, but I didn't really see it as a gang, you know, because those were the guys from my neighborhood, you know, and so soon enough, that neighborhood was known as like, you know, oh, these homies kick it here, that's their territory, this and that, and uh, I remember not even being able, to, being able to go like outside of my house without getting like, you know, someone up to your face and, uh, you know, where are you from, this and that. And there were, like, certain times where there were shootouts. People would get their houses robbed. People, you know, would get stabbed. And that entitled, like, a lot of fear, you know? And the way I saw it was, like, I still can't believe, like, I was doing this type of shit, you know? Because, you know, I'm thankful enough to have the friends that I had back then that I left for this lifestyle that I wanted to begin that you know every now and then I still talk to them because they're my best friends now you know they're my brothers and so me reflecting on what I did in the past you know it kind of breaks me on the inside because I was putting everything at risk that I didn't know I had so for example like I was putting my family at risk of getting caught up with the law you know getting in trouble by you know me getting the cops called on or whatever or you know certain situations that you know the the police was often called to you know check up on what we were doing or whatever when I was with when I was kicking in with like the so-called homies right and so it didn't even hit me till the summer before my freshman year of high school that I was kicking in with two homies that you know they weren't really deep into that shit, you know? They were just like me. They would just kick it with the guys that, you know, were all like the hardcore and this and that shit, you know? 
And so in the town I live in during the summer, they have like what they call movie nights. And I remember walking home late that night, like around 1030 ish when a car approached us and, you know, it was a face to face confrontation with, you know, what they what they consider as rivals from the gang. And so what ended up happening that night is one of the things that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life because knowing that like just telling myself knowing that I wasn't affiliated as hard as like the other homies were it really like puts into perspective that people don't give a fuck you know like if they see you kicking in with a certain type of group you know obviously you're going to be targeted too and so what ended up happening that night was that we got jumped. And so I had like a, a fractured jaw, you know, they 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 got a good knockout knock out of me, you know, to the face. And it's just something that like to this day I don't even know how I made it out alive, you know, like it wasn't that dramatic, but like you know, not a lot of people understand what you what you're telling them or like what you feel because obviously the the people some people have never gone through that situation, you know. And you know, I hope that ne- nobody ever goes through this situation because you know, it was like a one-time thing that just hits you and you're just like what the fuck happened, you know? Like what the hell happened right now? And it was like within seconds that like the situation like went out of hand and the last thing I remember was seeing my two friends on the grass like getting beat up and so when I got punched that was like the initial punch right and then I, I'm surprised that, like I didn't even fall to the ground cause the thing that happened was they had like knives and all this stuff you know and so from this experience I gained a lot of knowledge and it was like the talk of the neighborhood you know the talk of my school of what had happened to us and since that day it was kind of like there's a lot of guilt in myself you know I I carry a lot of guilt for myself because I was only like doing things from my perspective for myself and I wasn't like looking at the bigger picture you know and you know obviously that's my fault I'm not gonna lie because I have one friend that um, when I started joining these little you know when I started changing my my wardrobe and all this when I started kicking it with the wrong people I started to distance myself right and so I started dressing a type of way, like a way that I never even like would have would have appeared to be dressed as, you know, I started wearing the khaki Dickies pants with the Cortez leather shoes and the slick back hair with the big old like black and white, black and white Raider T-shirts, this and that, you know, and I remember my friend told me that to this day, he's like my best friend, you know, he's like a brother to me. He said, 
if you don't get out of this shit now, I'll be the first one to kick your ass, you know? And to me, it was like, eh, you know, like, whatever, laugh, blah, blah, like, you know, I'm laughing about it. But it wasn't until, like, after that, like, everything just hit at once, you know? And so... I was, like, the then after that, like, during that transition of, like, changing and stuff, you know, it was, like, I really didn't give a fuck about what was going on in my life, like, my parents didn't even know what I was involved in, I didn't have the communication that I have with my parents now, so, to me, they didn't really see, like, the big picture of me dressing a certain way or wearing a certain color or just doing certain things differently you know they saw it as like oh well he's growing up this and that you know and I don't blame them but you know my parents don't really have like a lot of knowledge from from here in the states you know and so what what ended up happening was that you know I learned my lesson and once the summer passed, it was kind of like, during that time I had to go to school and come back home, I like never wanted to go out, you know, because it, there were situations where before all this happened that whenever I would go out with my parents to the store, either to get like groceries or to get like supplies or whatever, there were certain times where like, I would get mugged by certain individuals, you know, and I knew who they were, and I knew who what they claimed and this and that but to me I was like you know whatever you know if, if something happens and it's gonna happen you know I'm not gonna go back I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take anything back and so I had that mentality of like just not giving a fuck about everything you know and at the time I was putting everything at risk too because like I said I'm undocumented and so I started my freshman year of high school and you know, the same thing was happening where, you know, people knew that, like, oh, what the, like, you know, where the, where are you from, this and that. And I would get up, get hit up, like, all the time. And I was just like, whatever, you know, like, I'm not into that shit no more, like, you know. But, because I never really was into the gang, the gang lifestyle. I was kind of just like the guy that would just kick it with the homies. And I called them my homies, you know. And I got along with a lot of people, you know, with a lot of guys. Uh, they didn't really see me like as a like a gangbanger, you know. I was just a normal kid, you know. I wasn't into, I wasn't that deep into this shit. But I, I just loved the way that I dressed, you know. I couldn't change that from one day to another, cause. That's just the way that I was, you know, like I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't like pick up another wardrobe and just start all over, you know, because I had a lot of like things that like I'm the type of person that like, you know, just connects with everything and values what what they have and how they earned it and how they got it. And so during my freshman year of high school, I just, you know, I didn't, gra I forgot to say that 
during eighth grade uh, graduation, I, I I didn't get to walk the stage because my grades were too low. And that was the first time I, I saw that my that I disappointed my parents, right? And so that took a big old hit on me because me being the oldest wasn't doing, like, the right thing. And, you know, obviously that hurts a lot when you have little siblings that, you know, that I hope that maybe they do look up to me nowadays, you know? That uh, I'm trying to do my best to get out here and change the narrative, you know? Because uh, a lot of our people get down, get talked down upon, and I've experienced all of it. All of it. I mean, just a simple run to the store was, you know, we would get, you know, the all, all eyes were on us because... They either thought that we were going to steal stuff or some shit was going to go down, you know. And that's the thing that when you live your life, when you have lived your whole life in fear of something happening, it just becomes kind of the norm, you know. And so going back to my parents first disappointment I was lost at the time you know I didn't know what to do and so the people that were there for me were my best friends that I still talk to like today you know and if it wasn't for them I honestly wouldn't know like where I would be what I would be doing right now because uh, to me, after graduating high school, college wasn't really like, it was like, oh, you got to go to community college. Like, you know, I didn't really get like a full ride on scholarship because I wasn't the type of student to get full A's and B's, you know. I graduated high school, but to me, it was a, it was a bit of a struggle. I'm not going to lie. Because it was hard to change my ways from not really like giving a shit to giving a, like t- caring about everything, you know. And so, what really hit home was that after all these, like, past years of, like, me, you know, risking everything, putting everything, excuse me, on the table, because I was undocumented and because I was hanging out with the wrong crew, the first time that I noticed that, you know, I could have lost everything was when I, like, the actually, like, the first time I found out that I was undocumented was when I tried to apply for my first job and I was around 17 uh 17 and 18 around like my junior year senior year of high school and so you know I saw a lot of my friends getting jobs that you know were either like at a grocery store uh retail you know this and that you know Walmart whatever um so I was like hey you know what I'm gonna give it a shot you know I think I've got up with my grades, you know, I, I've learned for the better and I want to be able to start making my own money the right way and, you know, try to sustain myself by not having to let my, like not giving, by taking that weight off my parents of, you know, having them to still maintain me, you know, because the only one that works at my house is, you know, my dad is the driving force of the family, you know. 
uh, he's the working man. And it wasn't until like I got my first job that I was able to, you know, establish that help of, you know, being able to pay a bill, being able to pay for gas or for groceries here and there, you know. So for me, it was like, uh, you know, I'm giving back to my parents by going to going to work and, you know, being able to buy them a meal every now and then, you know, being able to buy them a, a sweater or a pair of shoes and not only to my parents, but also to my siblings. Right. And so when I applied for my first job, it was at a at a grocery store. And, you know, I I applied online and everything. I, I got the interview and they called me. They're like, you know, come in at you have an appointment with us. Uh, you know, can you come in at two? You have an appointment uh, for an interview. You know, maybe you can get the job. So I was like, fuck it. You know, I'll go. I'll check. I'll check it out. And so I show up at the interview and I had my resume and all, you know, all the typical stuff you need to, you know, you have to have or, you know, a lot of people have for the interview. And so they took me in and this and that. And I could have sworn I got the job, man. Like, I just had a feeling like, oh, this is my first job. Like, I'm pretty sure I did. I, you know, I, you know, looked uh, back on my on my interview and I was like, you know, at the moment right there with the interviewer. I was like, I think I got this, you know, I got the job. This is going to be my first job. My parents are going to be so proud of this and that. And it wasn't until the question of, do you have a social security number came up, right? That I was like, the fuck? Like, what is a social security number, you know? And they were like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, you can come back. Um, we really like you, you know. We like to have you on our team, this and that. And uh, I was like, well, can I come back and, like, you know, bring you the social security number and put my info in this night and then I can start working on the job, right? And like, yeah, no, it's fine. Come back within, like, three days or whatever, you know, I'll be here. And I was like, sick, you know, like, got my first job, nailed it. And so at the time, I didn't obviously have a car, you know, so I would ride my bike or, you know, ask for a ride from my, from my dad or, like, you know, someone that was available. And I remember that night, I remember that day I rode my bike to the job interview because it's like 10, 15 minutes away from my house. And on the way back, I was, you know, pedaling as fast as I could to just get home and tell my parents, like, you know what, I got my job. I got my first job, this and that. And so what ended up happening was I made it home. And, you know, the first person that I went up to was my mom. I was like, ma, like, you know, me dieron el trabajo, pero... Me están pidiendo un seguro social, you know, like, like, mom, I got the job, but they're asking me for a social security number, like, and I have no idea what that is, you know. And so how it went down was that it it went down from me being like, I felt like the luckiest guy in the world just because I had gotten my first job to seeing the face on my mother that she was like, mijo. Uh, you don't have a social security number. So. That was pretty devastating. And then that's when I learned about my undocumented status. And so. From there on, it was a time around like I would say. When DACA was starting to come out, right? DACA is like deferred action for childhood arrivals you know, individuals who are undocumented here in the country are able to obtain, like, a working permit and a social security number issued by the government. And so, 
luckily I applied for that. I paid, you know, the amount that was supposed to be paid. And within like a few months, I got my working permit. And I was like, well, now I'm set, you know. And so I went on to get another job. I started applying because I was like hesitant to just like start working already, you know, because I had been waiting so long and, and I would see like my friends like enjoy like, you know, the way they earn their money and the way they spent it and this and that, you know, I was like, I want to feel that way, you know, I want to feel how it feels to earn like hard work to earn money, you know, like, and I want to be able to, you know, surprise my parents. I want to be able to be like a good role model to my younger siblings, right? And so that's when I started working. It was uh, my senior year of high school. And so the part of me um, learning about like my raza, learning about my comunidad, learning about my cultura and where I come from, it sprouted from my junior year of high school where I was invited to to a meeting that was held at my community college that was based on like a like a Chicano student organizing, right? And you know the word Chicano I re I hadn't really like heard of it. So it was kind of like it was my interest to go in and like you know kind of learn on my own and see what what was what it was about, right? And so I started learning about like the cultura and like you know how powerful our people were like in the 60s and you know I started getting involved in like all these community like organizing uh events that you know a lot of people it was a lot of youth putting in work for their community you know the love that came out of that work like is a, is represented like long ways now you know you can come down to to Santa Rosa and you can say you know our people did this you know you can come down to Windsor and you can put our students implemented this for school and so it was then that like the spirit within me like sprouted of you know making like my people feel safe making my people feel like we really do fucking matter, you know? Like, we do a lot of the work here and there, and we don't get recognized for it. And so me being a youngster, it was, like, my moment to shine, you know? Like, if back then I wasn't able to put myself out there and talk on my behalf of my experience growing up, you know, Mexicano... And the struggles we had to go through, like, now is the time, you know? And I was like, fuck it. And so we started a club at my high school, my senior year of high school, with my best friend. And we led it throughout the whole year. And so throughout the whole year, we would, um, you know, educate our fellow, like, uh, you know, students or, you know, classmates in that in that case about uh things that were going on in our community right excuse me and so we would host events like you know little dances this here and there we would host events like we would make uh chocolate caliente con conchas or pan dulce like at the soccer games and stuff like that you know 
but um we weren't really given the freedom of like doing it like without getting consent from like the school or the district you know which that's when like it really pissed me off that you know even like to this day they they still try to shut our people down and they don't let us do like the good stuff we want to do you know for our community and i mean it's always been like that it's always been the way that um you know the the gentrifiers you know put it put it here and so uh i was like well fuck it this isn't gonna stop us you know and i told the group and i was like we're gonna keep selling we're gonna keep posting our meetings and uh you know if they end up kicking us out for whatever reason you know we have the power to go down to the district and you know make our voices heard and you know this isn't nothing bad that we're doing we're educating our students and not just like brown students right or like african-american students you know we encourage like everybody to come join us and stand for like the basic human right you know (coughs) and so after that time had passed and i graduated high school and the goal was to you know go to community college and you know take chicano latino studies classes because in my high school they didn't offer stuff like that and you know it was either take classes learn on my own pick up a book and read it and and educate myself right so i did i did all of that and so my first few years here at the community college have gone well uh this is like my fourth year here so i'm planning to eventually transfer soon you know to a university and so my goal is to become a professor of chicano studies right and so within all of this i think it's just uh i've had a beautiful experience with my gente i've had a beautiful experience with the people that i grew up with since day one and that uh i'm very fortunate to be able to have my family here as a support system Uh, my loved ones and you know teachers and educators community organizers and so the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to be able to provide a space for people uh, not just necessarily from my community but from from all over to just come down here and spit some wisdom right try to educate our youth try to change the mindset uh, you know, we want to change the narrative against our brown people of color, you know, because uh, what have we been fighting for a lot of years, you know, is racial discrimination, you know, there's, there's, there used to not be a lot of equality going around, and so even then we still see it today, you know, and so I want to shout out to... Uh, Arturo Arturo Munoz you know also known as Velas from Vario Voices who uh, over time I, I began to listen to his podcast and you know my respect to him because uh, he's really getting out there in his community and putting it down you know and so that's kind of what I want to do and so I just want to say thank you for inspiring me to finally 
get off get off you know and um make my voice heard and so it's been a long time coming that i've been wanting to do this project and so i encourage everybody to just stay tuned um a lot of the topics are really personal and i think it's important to be able to you know tell our stories without um the tremble in our voices right and so that's really powerful and i say that because um a lot of folks like still nowadays are you know they're still in the shadows and so if i if i'm able to tell my story as an undocumented individual or as a you know first generation college student that maybe will inspire other students to you know speak up about their stories and come out be brave you know to the world and uh you know if we can encourage our youth to be able to you know learn our our cultura which is very beautiful indeed um you know what more could we ask for you know uh unity is power and we need to be able to get out there more and you know educate our folks and so this is going to be another platform where i'm going to be talking about like undocumented immigration uh news right so whenever something new drops you know i'll be keeping up I'll be keeping the rasa like updated about like what's going to be going on or what is currently being been going on with with our people, you know. So um it's kind of like a a self-care self-care kind of thing for me to be able to, you know, speak my wisdom out here and you know try to encourage other people to come on and you know if ever you if you feel interested to, you know, come in and uh get interviewed then I'm more than welcome to, you know, be privileged to do that. So, como siempre, this is Palarasa Podcast. This is your host, Chuy Juarez. And stay tuned for more episodes. Se cuidan.